And thank you for listening to the Conserve Yourself podcast. This program is a summary of current events from a conservative perspective. We're here not to create an alternative to the leftist beliefs that are sweeping this country and world, but to discuss our long-existing conservative principles and how we can apply those principles to the heart of a story or an event. I want to help you as a conservative to think deeper on what's happening around us, as well as letting you know that you are not alone in your conservative beliefs. Well, I'm recording this podcast on Thanksgiving Day 2020, and I will admit that 2020 has become a year where thankfulness comes with a serving of hardship. COVID-19, the economic pain, unemployment, politics, loneliness, social justice, riots, and so many other pains have been felt by everyone. So just jumping in, today's conservative principle is that we can be thankful even when times are hard. Sometimes our dreams don't match the reality, but we will be thankful for what we have and for the strength given to us to push through hard times. I have three resources in front of me. I have a book and two websites that I'm going to be kind of sharing from. And I think it's important for us to kind of go back and to think about what Thanksgiving meant at the beginning. So most of us probably know the story of Thanksgiving, the, the Mayflower coming across the ocean, settling at Plymouth, and the pilgrims fighting their way through this new wilderness, ultimately to be, to have a plentiful harvest that then is shared with the local Indians. They sat down with a meal, big steaming turkey on the table to give thanks, thus creating thanksgiving. And while that is a a grand caricature of the event, and for the most part can be seen as, as how it happened, there are some nuances to the story that add a little bit of flavor to, to what Thanksgiving really is about. Because when we look back at the time in which Thanksgiving gets its root, it was also a time of great hardship for the, for the pilgrims, for, the, for those that we call the pilgrims, there was great hardship in their lives that led to the thankfulness that, that turned into thanksgiving. I'm reading from a book, A Patriot's History of the United States. Uh, it, is a, it is a book that is a great summary. It, while large, less than a thousand pages, um, it it starts in the in the 1400s, 1492 is what it says, and it goes all the way through the tw- the beginning of the 20th century. The book was written in the early 20th century, so it, it does not include, say, the last 15, 20 years. 
But I'd like to read a little bit from the section that talks about what from New England's Pilgrims and Puritans. In 1608, a group of 125 separatists from Scobie in Nottinghamshire slipped out of England for Holland. Among the most respected leaders of the Pilgrims, as they later became known, was a 16-year-old boy named William Bradford. In Holland, they faced no religious persecution, but as foreigners, they found little work, and worse, Puritan children were exposed to the, quote, great lasciviousness, unquote, of Dutch youth. When few other English separatists joined them, the prospects for establishing a strong Puritan community in Holland seemed remote. After receiving assurances from the king that they would exercise, they could exercise their religious views freely, they opened negotiations with one of the one of the prospectors of the Virginia Company. It then continues on and talks about and, and goes on to how they secured their passage. Sailing on the Mayflower, 35 of the original pilgrims and 65 of other colonists left English Harbor of Plymouth in, in September of 1620, bound for the Houston River. Blown off course, the pilgrims reached the New World in November, some 500 miles north of their intended location. They dropped anchor at Cape Cod Bay at an area called Plymouth by John Smith. Arriving at the wrong place, the colonists remained on board their vessel while they considered their situation. They were not in Virginia, and they had no charter to Plymouth. Any settlement could be perceived in England as defiance of the crown. Bradford and the 40 other adult men thus devised a document. Before they went ashore, they emphasized their allegiance to King James to renounce any intention to create an independent republic and to establish a civil government. It stated clearly that their purpose in sailing to Virginia was not for the purposes of rebellion, but for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith in honor of our king and country. And while the Mayflower Compact provides for laws and the administration of the colony, it constituted more than a mere civil code. It pledged each of them solemnly and mutually in the preservations of, preservations of God and one another and to covenant and combined ourselves under a civil body politic, under just and equal laws. One of their first acts of their new democracy, the colonists selected Bradford as governor. Then having taken care of administrative matters, in December 1620, the pilgrims climbed out of their boats at Plymouth and settled a cleared land that may have been an Indian village years prior. They had arrived too late in the year to plant, and like their countrymen further south, the pilgrims suffered during their first winter, with half of the colony perishing. They survived with assistance from local Indians, especially one named Squanto, an instrument sent from God, as Bradford called him. For all they, for the, and for all this, 
they gave thanks to God, establishing what would become a national tradition. It's interesting to, to think about that the original Thanksgiving came out of great hardship. Half of those who came across on the Mayflower died that winter. And it's interesting that we can, we can push a little bit further, look into this uh, situation a little bit more. In an article on the Federalist website by Helen Ray Raleigh, it describes that, that Plymouth, when estab- first established, actually established with what we might consider principles of socialism. And this is what she says. Even with the help of the Indians, the colonists had a hard time surviving. Though the word socialism hadn't been invented yet, the Plymouth colony bore many resemblance to, the, to a socialist society. Since investors back in England demanded that the colony operate communally, everything was owned by every colonist jointly. No one was allowed to own private land or to work on his private business. The communal social and economic stru- structure provided, proved disastrous. Not all the colonists were willing to work hard for, for the, quote, commonwealth. William Bradford, one of the signers of the Mayflower Compact, who was later unanimously voted as the second governor of the Plymouth Settlement, admitted, quote, some settlers do it not willingly and, not, and others not honestly. Many settlers resented whatever, that whatever they produced went to the common pot and was not divided among them equally, and was divided among them equally. In addition, knowing that in the end of the seven-year term that they were required to surrender half the wealth they accumulated to investors in England offered no incentive to work hard. Since not every, everyone was willing to put in uh, pulling the same weight, the colony constantly was running out of food, a typical problem in socialist countries from China to Venezuela. As French philosopher Jean Baudin wisely pointed out, that communal property was, quote, the mother of contention and discord, unquote, because, quote, for nothing could properly be regarded as public if it were nothing at all to distinguish it from what was private. Nothing can be thought of as shared in common except by contrast with what is privately owned, unquote. She continues, by 1626, the Plymouth settlers couldn't return sufficient profits to the investors in England that demanded, and they were forced to restructure the debt they borrowed from investors, conceding the problem. Bradford wisely recognized that a change had to take place. He gathered the settlers to bring in a brainstorming session, and he recorded in his book, The Plymouth Plantation. And this is what he recorded. So they began to think how they might raise as much corn as they could and obtain a better crop than they had done. And they might not still languish 
in misery. At length, after much debate of things, the governor, with the advice of the chiefest among them, gave way that they should set corn every man for his own particular, and in that regard trust to themselves in all other things to go to go on in the general way as before, and so assign to every family a parcel of land according to the proportionment of their number, for that end only for present use, but may no division for inheritance, and ranged all boys and youth under some family. So we can see here that that initially the 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 Plymouth colony had a communal structure. All land was owned by what was called the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth represented the the investment of those overseas who gave money to get these colonists into this area. And for payment, the Commonwealth, after a term of seven years, would be divided up. Half of the Commonwealth, half of the wealth of the Commonwealth, would be given to the investors overseas. The other half would be divided evenly between all of the settlers. And here we see a very common outcome in that because everything, because we have a a system that is set up with equality of outcome, there are those who basically say, if I don't work as hard or maybe not work work at all, I will still get something out of this and it, and it, and it really doesn't matter if someone else had to work twice as hard to pay or to provide for my apportionment and this is this is the achilles heel of all socialist ideas the freeloader idea is 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 so ingrained in the in the practical application of socialistic ideas that it it always shows up and wherever there is a commonwealth in which there is equality of outcome there will always it will always result in the collective ending up not working or failing in the end Bradford in Plymouth during this during this um, during this brainstorming session they had they realized that to own something meant that you had responsibility in it if you eat what you grow you will grow so you can eat and so they allotted partials to each family and said you will grow what you need and your payment into the debt out of this property he provided private property to the families and they thrived they thrived to the point that they had more than enough 
And when they, when private property led to them having uh, wealth beyond their their imagination, as compared to the hardships and the death that they saw prior, they wanted to celebrate. They realized that they had they had so much to be thankful for through hard work and determination by by settling in these harsh lands they have they rose above the hardships to thrive and they gave thanks thanksgiving is not a a a thing is not something that we should isolate all the things that are good in our lives and and expect not to have hardship sometimes thanksgiving is that we were able to rise above the hardship i think in 2020 one of the greatest things that we can be thankful for is the strength that we have to to get through the things that 2020 represent has has come to be represented by COVID-19 has, has changed all of our lives. The way we walk out in public, the way we shop at a store, the way we, uh, the way we communicate with each other. For better, for worse, there, there have been uh, unmeasurable changes due to the response to COVID-19. Economic pain and unemployment. There are at some at one point there were fifty million people that that had become unemployed in this country alone. That creates hardship. This has been probably one of the most dis- divisive political seasons. And because of the divisiveness, it has it has separated even families on politics between between that and and the pandemic loneliness has has found its way into so many hearts we saw um, social justice come onto the scene in a way that we have never seen before movements like black lives matter and and the the uh, riots that happened in our in our cities that that saw many cities burned and uh, businesses destroyed added to the hardship. All of these col- combined together, it would be hard to find things that are thankful for. But. To rise above the hardship is, and and to and to be thankful for the strength to get through these, has to outweigh all those things that we've seen. Back when the Mayflower landed, they landed too late to 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 harvest, to to plant and harvest. They had a rough winter. They lost half of their friends and family 
in a single winter. Imagine you were one of those pilgrims and you made it through a winter where you saw half of the people around you die. Would it be easy to give up? Absolutely. But they found in themselves a strength, a God-given strength to, to persevere, to move forward, to begin planting, to begin harvesting. And we saw that through leadership and through personal responsibility, private property, they were able to overcome those hardships and become wealthy in their own way. So I give you thanks. I thank you for, for your time of, of listening to this podcast. Uh, we are 21 or 22 episodes in. So I give thanks that we have all had strength to overcome the hardships of 2020. I pray that God gives you strength in the coming months if you continue to have hardships. I think it's, it's worthwhile to remember that we are, we are, our dreams can sometimes feel so far away, but the re- reality of the friends and family that we have around us is always something to be thankful for. Well, that concludes this podcast. I want to thank you for joining me today. We plan to release a new podcast every Tuesday and Friday morning. I look forward to encouraging you and reminding you that you are not alone in your conservative worldview. So until next time, always remember to conserve yourself. <laughs>